I said, he's our why. Yeah. Like, he was why? the inspiration for the season. Why do we put in the extra work? Why do we, why do we run that one more sprint? Why are we running when our lungs are burning? Like, it's, we, we wanted to play for him. We wanted to win for him. Um, Life experiences that are tangled in leadership. This is the 2120 Podcast. You know, we're just two guys that started a podcast over coffee, talking about some of the things that we learned through leadership and business. And we decided to make a show about it, bringing you the insights and experiences that you can apply in your work and in your relationships. But we're so glad you're here because passing life lessons on is a gift we can all benefit from. Hey. Hey. Good morning. Morning. It's not just Matt and Jim today. There's another person here, and it's Kyle. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? Good, good. So Kyle McAbee is joining the 2120 today. And Kyle, I'm thinking it must have been about two to three months ago I contacted you and said, dude, it would be really cool if you would come on the podcast and talk about your soccer season. So Kyle is the head coach of the varsity boys for Vinton Shellsburg uh, school district had an amazing season. You were undefeated. Uh, you didn't quite reach the ultimate goal. Did you? No, it was close. Very close. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wanted to invite you in and, and set it up and have you tell us a little bit about the season because you guys have had like this incredible journey. Yeah. The journey it's of starting out the program you were a player. You were a. Yeah. You were the guy that, that actually had had some, some soccer. Uh, what experience before that? Yep. You played soccer, and then having limited success, and all the way then to this, like maybe very little success in those early years. Yep. You end up becoming the coach. You have an undefeated season, and you have some stuff that happens in the midst of all of that. And I just thought, what an incredible story it would be just to have you kind of tell us about what that was like. So, so before we start, like, uh, Daniel and I have a 17 year anniversary tomorrow. So we've been in this community for 17 plus years. Has soccer always been here? No. So, um, my senior year, um, was the, uh, the first program. Okay. So what year was that? 2012. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, I think it was, uh, two, three days ago. Um, was the anniversary of the board meeting where they approved the program. So, um, yeah, it popped up on my Facebook Very a couple new. days ago. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, so it is a brand new program. And yeah. they did, they did, did boys and girls, or was it just one program? So the girls program came online, I want to say 2008. Okay. And then, uh, obviously, the crash, and there was some financial struggles. And I don't sure. think that the plan was the next year the boys program was going to come online. Yeah. And then uh, that hit, and they had to make some budget cuts, and... So I, did you did you <clears throat> play soccer prior to the program? So did you play like CRSA or something like that before? So I played. Uh, I went, transferred in from a private school. Okay. Um, the only sport we had was soccer, basketball, and track. And where was that at? Uh, Isaac Newton Christian Academy in Cedar Rapids. Oh, so um, you're not a true Vinton person. No, I'm you not. came. You came after that. I, I thought you lived here your entire life. You're not a true Vinton person either, pal. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> tonight, or whatever you want to call. I'm the OG. yeah. You're the only OG in the room right now. I mean, I, I'm actually from Shellsburg, so oh, uh, yeah. So you do. So you are pretty close then. Yeah. All right. Yep. So transferred here. You did play soccer over there. Yep. Um, transferred here. I played club in Cedar Rapids. Yep. Um, 
but I also played football. So I overlapped the two sports, and uh, I only did that for one year. And I, I was like, that's enough of that. It was a lot on my body. And for sure, I was uh, I was practicing three to five thirty, six o'clock here football. And then I was going to Cedar Rapids, practicing at 8 to 10. Oh, and yeah. so, I mean, it was Dang. just constant. It's a lot. Was, mm-hmm. Plus balancing school and everything else. You know, that's a full full day's load right there for yeah. sure. I actually uh, burned out of soccer. I didn't pick up a soccer ball for two, three years and uh, just focused on so football. What, and let's then, go there. What, what was it? Like, what happened? Um, just doing co- too much. And, yep. Yeah. And then uh, I just had a coach that yelled and... I just didn't respond to the coaching very well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just burned out. I did not want like, to play anymore. <laughs> as a as a coach and a leader, like, that sucks. It like, does. If you have a passion for soccer and because of a coach basically pushes you out of the program from the standpoint of, like, I, I walked away. I didn't yeah. touch a soccer ball for yep. two years. You know, the, the cool thing is you got back into it. Yeah. But they're like, there are people that once they walk away, they don't ever go back, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because of a one person, a bad egg that pressed the issue that was like, you know, yelled and screamed and did whatever. Like I had, a, I, had a, I had a coach in high school, the same thing. You know, I, he made me hate basketball because he just yelled and he screamed and it's like, you don't need to lead that way. I had a seventh grade basketball coach that used intimidation <laughs> in seventh grade. And do you know what a wall sit is? Like that's, yes. that's yep. okay. Yep. That was when you screwed up. Sit on the wall. I spent a lot of time sitting, sitting on the wall. <laughs> Jim was a major screw up back then. <laughs> Jim's I, always sitting on the wall. I turned my head the wrong way. He was teaching us pick and roll in seventh grade. Okay, so this is our first oh experience. There, we didn't have basketball like the kids do today where you're playing in first grade or whatever, right? Seventh grade was it. So I turned my head the wrong way as on a pick and roll, and I'm the guy that's going to be taking the pass. He, guess who's the guy throwing the pass in? It's the coach. Yeah. And he throws it straight at my head in a laser, like, right? And it hits me right in the side of the face to prove his point. Go sit on the wall. The point I'm sharing with stories like that is it is what, what, this is what I'm interested in talking with you about, Kyle, is because you had that time when it caused you burnout. Absolutely. You had a coach that, that took the joy of the game from you. And I'm convinced, I know, because I know who you are as a person. You aren't going to coach like that. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you have to, <clears throat> in, in leadership, you take things that work well, that people do, and that's fantastic. And it's like, you try to implement those things. And then the, the shit stuff that you don't want, you're like, there's no way I'm touching that and, and yeah. stay away from it. But yeah, so I've also seen burnout from the standpoint of like, you've played it so much that you're just like, I need, just need to be done for a while. Like, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I was on the golf team and then I graduated and I moved to Cedar Falls and my buddy and I would sneak on this golf course every morning before anybody got there. And we golfed every day all summer. And then I got to the end of the summer. I'm like, dude, I'm just like done. I'm over it. I golf so much. I'm just, and I haven't, you know, I hit balls in the simulator every once in a while at work, but I, I can't remember the last time I've been on a golf course. You know, I just like have no draw, like, no, I I don't, I don't want to go do because I just did it so it's like so much so many reps doing it that I just got I got kind of just tired of it. So, moved to Vinton, Iowa, first year of the program, your senior year. So brand new coach, brand new program. How many kids did you have going out? I want to say we had between twenty twenty five kids. So more than enough to build, to field a team. Yep. Yep. How'd that first year go? It was really really rough. Um, <laughs> our first game we lost, I think 
thirteen to zero. Um, not the best way to start a brand new season. Yeah, no. And I was I was the goalkeeper, so I let in thirteen goals. One of them went right between my legs. Like it was one of the worst games that I've. Were you a goalkeeper at the other school too? Okay, so you've always been a, you've always been a goalkeeper. Yep. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So season ends. Graduate. What do you do after graduation? Um, it was actually on the on the bus ride home from our uh, sub-state game. I uh, just went up to the coach, put my arm around him. I was like, hey, can I come back and coach next year? And so... Um, as an assistant to him. As an to assistant, him. yep. Okay, yep. So went and got my coaching license, um, came back, was his assistant. Um, and we, we actually had a pretty pretty decent year. Uh, year we, two. Year two, yep. yep. We had a foreign exchange student um, who held until... Three years ago, held the school record for goals, assists. He was phenomenal. His name was Lassa Hedinger. He sounds like a soccer player. Mm. Yep. You know, he was German. That, he had that name, you know. <laughs> he, he was a, a phenomenal player, tons of heart, um, loved coaching him. So did that kid give the team a spark? When you had someone that had like a true talent? Absolutely. Yeah. That that year was our, our first big win. Uh, we beat, uh, they were ranked at the time, number two center pointer band. So really, yep. It was in the rain. It was it was all muddy. This was before we had turf, so we were yep. playing in the mud. So it was in the, town. It was in town uh, yep. at the grass field that uh, nobody uses anymore. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it was a really really cool game, and we came back from five goals down. Wow. Yeah. So, it's it's more than just one kid. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. He he helped. He was definitely the catalyst. Um. But. Uh, so loss is actually how I met my wife. Really? He was her, um, she was his host parent. Okay. So I met my wife through the program as well. Yeah. So so she's the host parent, foreign exchange student. You meet this soccer phenom from Germany that comes yep. and helps the team. So what was it about him that people bought in and you had this change in the overall team dynamic? What do you think it was? I mean, he was he was a great kid. Yeah, he was just a really likable guy. He he worked harder than anybody else on the team, and he still had that level of talent. So he had the talent to match his work ethic. Really, um, there were, I don't think anybody else on that team had ever even played before. What was he like as a teammate? Um, he was he was pretty quiet and reserved. Um, he wasn't super vocal, I guess. Um, but I mean, he's still learning the language and so he's got the language barrier to overcome. And stuff yeah. So like he wants that. to tell you, you suck. He just says, he can't tell you cause he doesn't know the language yet. So he just keeps he just his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has to be like, so frustrated. Like, man, this, this all these guys are, they're horrible. He can't, he can't put the words in his mouth to, to tell you. So super talented kid with a team that you, like you said, has never played soccer before. So like the fundamentals of soccer. Like, where, like, do you start with, like, the basics of dribbling a ball and kicking a ball? And, like, is that how you do it with a bunch of junior or juniors and seniors for the most part? So my first couple of years, yes. That's that's where we had to start. Um, there was not a lot of guys had ever played before. So um, you got to start square one and build up from there. Yeah, you're starting with basically a six-year-old that has never kicked a ball. They're kicking with their toes. Exactly. And yep. teaching them the, the fundamentals <laughs> of like, I mean, seriously, like it, it was brutal to watch, you know, 
AYSO back in the day when these coaches are taking these kids to do dribbling stuff and that's all you did for the entire practice. Now you watch Addy, it's like, holy crap, this is so fun to watch. Exactly. But that's a bunch of, you know, for the most part, almost grown men you're teaching, you know, so for them to one buy into that, you know, you're teaching them the basics of soccer. It's just kicking a ball and a goal. No, it's more than that. <laughs> like you got to dribble the ball, you got to steal, you got to do all these things, like all these fundamentals. And I, I talk like I know a lot about soccer. I know a lot about soccer because I have an amazing wife that, that coaches soccer. But um, yeah, so fundamentals, but you start winning year one. So that, that's probably pretty positive. As an assistant, yes. year one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think we won four games, six games, something like that. Uh, so we were still well below 500. Sure. Um, but with a team that you have, with a bunch of kids that never played, to get wins is a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal, especially for confidence, building the program, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but then uh, after that year, I, I left. Um, two years, I think, I went to college. Okay. Um, so you left coaching completely? Yep. Okay. Didn't coach at all. Um, and then the, I moved back after college, and uh, the coach called me up, and he's like, hey, I'm retiring at the end of the year. Is this something you're interested in? Yeah. And I said, absolutely. So I applied and uh, went through the interview process and all that. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was just great timing because I had just moved back. He was yeah. having a second kid, so he's like, hey, I can't really – drive from Cedar Rapids every day. Oh, so he wasn't even from Vinton. No, he actually, he played for uh, Linmar and Mount Mercy. Okay. So he's still one of my, my great friends today. Yeah. Uh, he came and watched the game this year, and he's like, oh, my gosh. It's just been built into something I never even could have imagined. That's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, it's the Ed Thomas story again, like giving your coach the playbook, you know, like get out of your way. Here's an opportunity for you. I'm going to retire. I, I think you should be the guy. How many people applied for the job? Do you know? One. You. Yeah. Yeah. Small town, Iowa. So how does that interview go? <laughs> so it basically goes, so do you want the job? Yes or no? <laughs> no, and it, I'm actually a little bit serious in that. Like, how does the interview, like, they're asking you, like, why are you the right guy for the job, right? Something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, why are you the right guy for the job? And what... Their biggest thing was, how are you going to handle discipline with these boys? Because yeah. my first year was a senior heavy team. So we had 18-year-old boys. I was 21 when I took over. So it was not that big of an age difference. Yeah. So their biggest thing was, how are you going to handle discipline and, and stuff like that. They wanted that. to know that you weren't going to go out and buy them beer. <laughs> yes. Seriously, that was that yeah. would be concerns in the back of their head. He's a young guy. I guarantee you they were thinking stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They don't know Kyle very well, right? Yeah, no, it was definitely uh a big risk for them. Yeah. But uh I was I was twenty one when I interviewed. That's really cool though. It was I mean, it was tough that first year. Yeah. So you're the brand new coach, no assistant, just no, you no assistant in this this team. So tell me through, talk me through like day one. How do you, how did you get them to buy into you day one? It's mm, a good question. I like this. I'm going to be honest. My first year was, I didn't do a super great job at, you know, leading. Yep. Um, it was definitely something I took, took my lumps and learned over time. Um, 
but uh, yeah, day one. That's a good question. So, were you trying to be more of a friend than no. lead, or were you were you the coach? You just didn't know how to lead yet. I a little bit of both. Sure. Like I I tried to relate to them on their level um, because I I knew what it was like. Like we said before. Um, to have a bad coach, and yeah. I didn't want to be like that. Sure. Um, and my high school coach helped me enjoy the game again and fall back in love with the game. And so I wanted to. I knew I wanted to be that guy for them. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it it was it was a a rough go for the. the I kind of was a drill sergeant for the first couple weeks, and then kind of eased it back and um, started to see them more on my level and um, just relate to them. And did you coach anything before, like with little kids, soccer, or was it just, this is your first true gig? So uh, funny story. I was, uh, I helped with the U five program when I was in town when I was 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Um, Well, that was, you know, 10 years ago. Now, now those boys are 15 years old. Yeah. Now they're on my team again. So, so uh, I bet that played a little bit of a role then. I mean, they oh, kind yeah, of knew for sure. you know, who you are and what you're about. And Okay. So yeah. looking back on year one of you being a coach, if you could go back in time and change one thing that would affect, truly affect the outcome, your leadership, what would you go back and change? Structure. I, I mean, I was just trying to go with the flow and figure out how to get from point A to point B. Um, and it was, I was like, maybe I need to do this. No, that's not working. Maybe I need to do this instead of sticking with, this is the roadmap. This is where we need to go. This is how we get there. And, uh, that's definitely something that I took a few years to learn. Yep. Because I, didn't have a roadmap. I was guessing. And sure. Um, if I could go back with that first year team, I know we could be a lot more successful. We had some talent on that team that was older. Um, but uh, yeah, looking back on it, uh, that's definitely a team I, I know I could have done a lot more with. But because I was so new, yeah. I just at that point really didn't know what I was doing. So we, t- we talk about like having a mentor or someone you can call in like that inner circle. Who did you have? Did you have anybody that you could call and like bounce ideas off of, or was it just you? I would, every once in a while, I'd shoot a text to my old coach. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty much out, me out there winging it that first year. So and did you, because I think about me being a brand new leader, I wanted to prove myself so bad that I didn't want help. Like, I didn't want to ask for people to help me because I, I knew I could do it. I just want, I needed to figure it out. And if I could go back and change that, that would make me more successful back in the day. Were you willing to ask for help? I should have been. Yeah. I definitely But you're 21 years old. Yeah. And like, you know everything. You know, I remember being 21, like, I'm invincible. I'm going to live forever. Like, I have all the answers. And I didn't. I, d- I definitely should have looked. I didn't even look for more connections of people who knew soccer better than I did. Um, maybe that's not, you know, here in the community. Maybe that's in Cedar Rapids. Um, club coaches in Cedar Rapids. My old college coach in Cedar Rapids. Well, I'm guessing there was probably not too many people in this community that you could fall back on because it's a brand new program. You were the only person that interviewed for, for the, you know, the, the program. Yeah. It'd be tough to like, okay, who's my, 
who can I lean on right now? And there's like, there's like nobody. There's just you. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough when a program's so new and nobody's really played it before. So um, I know your wife is obviously an outlier in that. Sure. Uh, I've actually tried to get her to be my assistant for like three or four years running. No pressure at Danielle. If <clears throat> yeah. We'll have to talk about it, what yeah. that pays. <laughs> <laughs> Call company car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're in the negotiation process right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... You know, obviously, Danielle grew up playing soccer, so she knew the, the fundamentals. Obviously, you played soccer, exactly. so you knew the fundamentals and how, and how to do that. But I also think of, like, you know, if I was going to go coach, like, what do you do at the beginning of the game? Like, you go meet the other coach. Like, how do you exchange? Th- like, I, there's so many things that, because I'm not around it enough, I don't know. Obviously, you've you've been a player, but you know, I'm sure you witnessed what the coaches did when you were, guys were warming up. But, like, there's so many things that are, like, what do you do? Where do you start? How do you do this? How do you do that? So like you, you need someone to kind of almost put your, their arm around you and say, Hey, this is how we need to do things. But you didn't have that. No, probably the most stressful part was warm up routine. I was like, well, what do I do with these guys for 45 minutes before a game? Just go stretch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, they stretch for 15 minutes. Now, now what do we do? Yeah. It's, but I mean, I, I, came up with that on the fly and just became a routine. Now I'm what six, seven years in and it's still the same, same warm up routine. Um, we've got it kind of down to a science and yep. at this minute mark, we do this at this minute mark, we do that. So, I mean, I don't even have to say anything anymore. I just, they just set, know set the captains in autopilot and they just go. So after year one, when did you know you had to make a change in year two? Year two was, um, it was a challenging year because it, it was, we, we lost, I think eight seniors. Okay. Um, I knew our numbers were going to be lower. We, we had a great goalkeeper who took a lot of shots. Um, it was because your defense was not very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've never seen a goalkeeper to this day take that many shots. I think we took 300 plus. And so you guys work out. Yeah. I mean, he, he still holds school record. Really? Yeah. He he was an unbelievable goalkeeper. If that's a record you hope that just stands. Like yeah, I, I hope to record. God that never even comes <laughs> close to that again. Yeah. I, I, as a senior, I took 230-ish. He took like 310. And to be fair, like that should stand because as your teams get better, your defense gets exactly. better. Like yeah. Yeah. you should not have that many shots ever again. I mean, this year we got, we didn't get scored on for a whole month through the season. So, I mean, it was. Yeah. Your, your season this year was about domination. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. Yeah. So to go from 300 shots to two game. Maybe. Yeah, he's like he's on vacation right now. Yeah, he's I mean, just chilling. He's got his lawn chair, just waiting for the ball to come by. He could have. He could have just sat down for the most part. <laughs> it was, it was a, uh, it was definitely a crazy year, and uh, we had I think two or three games where it didn't even register a shot. Really? Yeah. We played so, we played center point and uh, twice. Neither time they registered a shot. Really? Yeah. So year two, not the best season. No. What'd you guys finish for a record? Do you remember? Oh. Uh, oh, and 12, I think. You didn't, you didn't win one game. It, it took until year four. Before you started recording wins again. Yeah. What do you mean? You Until year four that you won games or yes. that you had a winning record? Uh, that we won games. 
So talk. Okay. So this is really <clears throat> interesting. So I, like, I'm thinking like right now, if, if you're in charge of a brand new program and you're trying to get kids to come out and be a part of this program, <laughs> right. and I'm one of those kids going, dude, this team freaking sucks. <laughs> like, I don't want to play for this coach. I don't play for this team. Yeah. Like that's, I'm sure you ever this, this gut check moment of like, am I the right guy for this? Position? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was after year three was, it was, am I going to keep doing this? Like I've got to do something. Something's got to change. Um, because from year two to year three, we had some guys not, we had our best player decided he was going to run track. And then all those guys, I think the goalkeeper graduated, you know, defensive captain graduated. So, I mean, we had lost two big leaders off of that team. And then our, our best offensive player um, quit to do track. So we lost three Stunts. of our best players from year two to year three. So year three, we had 14 guys. Okay. Numbers are down. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've got 11 on the field. Yeah. So yeah, we had so. three subs for an 80 minute game. If one guy is sick or hurt, you're you're in deep trouble. Yeah, you're playing the entire game by yourself, you know, on the field. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do? You know you're in a bad spot. Your numbers are down. Your team just came off a losing season. You just lost three studs that were leaders on your team. Like, how do you rally the troops? I mean, you just got to stay the course. Yeah. I mean, just perseverance and uh, keep doing what you're doing, and eventually the hard work's going to pay off. So can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> how did that change how you coached that year? Like, you know what I'm saying is you're saying stay the course, perseverance, but were you having different conversations with the team, either as a group or one-on-one with individuals? Like, I mean, did it, did it turn into more encouragement? I mean, did, what was different? I mean, when you're losing games at that rate, you, you've got to keep practices kind of light and fun And otherwise guys are just going to be disinterested. They're going to be, um, they're not going to want to be a part of it. It's going to be, if it wasn't fun, it would be completely demoralizing. Exactly. So if the games, if the games aren't fun, you've got to make practice fun. Otherwise, like what are we even doing out here? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not winning game, winning to me is fun. Losing games is, is, is tough. So it, it was definitely a, a, a point for me to make practices fun and light and try and, uh, try and work towards what, what we want to be. Um, but at the same time, you got to incorporate games in there. You've got to keep these guys interested mm-hmm. into where we're going. Yeah, you, know, you use the phrase stay the course, and that's I think is huge from the standpoint of when you're losing and your team's in a bad spot. Sometimes coaches don't stay the course. They're constantly trying new things to fix it. And they, they just don't, they don't buy into that, that new thing. So when you know you have a good recipe and you just say, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep doing this. The practice is going to be the same. The warm-up is going to be the same. We're going to get back. I think that may be what it did it for you. I mean, I think if you constantly try to mix it up every practice I don't know if you're going to get the team to, to, to pull back together, you know, when it's all said and done. That just, as a leader, that that scares me, you know. So I, I told this story this year um, in an open gym. Um, so voluntary preseason workout this year, we had, I want to say, 36 guys show up. 
That's awesome. Just to just to play in the gym. And I told the story. I was like, the seniors two years ago, when they were freshmen, it was me and three guys. We played two on two for two hours. Hmm. That was it. That was our off season workouts. Really? Me and three guys. That's crazy. Yep. It was to go from that to thirty six guys this year. That's I mean, that's phenomenal when you think about it. In three years, four years. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay, so is it because of the winning? Is it what is it? What is it that made guys want to come that didn't come before? It's definitely a part of it, but at the same time, even when they were losing, those guys were having fun. Yeah. So if they're having fun when they're losing, just Imagine Isn't how much crazy to say, to say that you were, we were having fun losing because of the, <laughs> yeah. the, team, the team that you were, was around you, the coach, whatever it is. Like I, I think I'm just thinking back of my career playing sports and we lost, but when we lost, it wasn't fun. Like it sucked. I, we, we hated to lose, but we never had them until like, oh, we lost them. But man, we had fun, to, fun today. You know, like the team pulled together. I, I assume though <clears throat> that there's, there's, there's fun, but there's the lessons then that come from it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if you just had, I think people might be listening to this and, and are assuming that um, the way you coached was uh, hands off and it's just about having fun. Yeah, I, I know no. that's not the case, right? But, no but some people may be having that thought right now. That so, what do you what do you do to make things fun and keep them energized? In even though they're they're losing, you know, if you come out of a game seven zero or ten zero or whatever it is, and you're having a losing season, what are the ways that you're keeping the kids engaged like what are the tactics you actually would use to to make it fun um i think it's the uh the compliment sandwich oh okay so something you're doing good something you need to work on something you're doing good yeah yeah i mean if you just tell the kids this is what you're doing wrong this is what you're doing wrong this is what you need to fix they're they're just gonna get so self-conscious and they're gonna get so just in their head and just down on themselves. Um, they need to be told they're doing something good, they're doing yeah. something right. So it, it's a little bit motivating, positive motivation. Um, you're doing this good. Keep doing that. Um, if you see this, work on this. But you're also doing this good too. Mm. The the basics of watching a person <laughs> is what it what it is. Like yeah. you, like if you lead with, I mean, think about the coach that yelled and screamed. He was always, he was never yelling and screaming in a positive way. He was never saying, oh my God, you are so awesome. No, like he's telling you you suck and, and get better where you're telling your kid, hey, you're really, really good at this. If we incorporate this, it'll make you even better because you're doing really, really good at this. Exactly. The best words I ever heard, and this wasn't coming from sports, this was in business, were these words, I believe in you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Dude, when you drop that and you mean it and you make eye contact with the person that you're saying that to you, that it's changes huge. the game. But back to your point, I did have one coach that yelled and screamed was super positive. Uh, that was right here in town, Dave Boyson, sophomore <laughs> sure, year football. Yeah. yeah, he is very loud, animated, but it's because he's so passionate and he cares yeah. so much about the game. Um, he is one of, one of two or three coaches that I – I try and model myself after sure. because he's he brought that passion to the tip. My my mom hated him because she thought because <laughs> he yelled she, and screamed. Yeah, she yeah. thought he yelled and screamed. He was super negative, and I was like, no, he's just yelling instructions. Like we know he's passionate. He loves he loves us as a team. 
And uh, he was a super great. He was one of my favorite coaches. Yeah, ever. but I think, too, like, he bought into you as a player. You bought into him as a coach, so you knew the dynamic. Exactly. You know, when you have a coach that just yells and screams, but you look back and go, did he even really care about me and this team, or did exactly. he just care about winning and, and you know, his legacy? That that's, was that's that's how you lose people. That's the difference between yeah. good coaching and bad coaching. Absolutely. Is, does he care about me? Okay, so I really want to talk about this season that sure. just concluded. Yeah. <clears throat> talk to us, kind of paint a picture for preseason. You know you've got good players, you've got talent, you've got yeah. experience. So what are you talking with them about? Like, are you casting, are you, are you doing the Jimmy Valvano thing and practicing cutting down the nets, so to speak, you know, in the <laughs> soccer version, but, but what are you, what are you talking with them at the beginning? And then just talk, tell us about how the season went. So when these guys came in as freshmen, their goal was uh conference championship, go to state. Okay. That, that was our goal every year. Um, when they were freshmen, sophomores and seniors, because obviously we didn't get a junior season. Because um, of COVID. Because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, so, man. yeah, that that really that really hurt us from an experience standpoint because we only lost one senior that year. So we returned everybody from sophomore year, senior year. So this year we knew we were getting back, I think, 75, 80% of the team. So, I mean, we had returning starters. I think everybody else in the conference lost at least nine starters. Mm. So you're already sitting in a better spot. Absolutely. So coming into the year, we we had great turnout for off-season workouts, off-season, off-season stuff. Um, and these kids have been playing for several years together. Yeah, they've been playing almost their whole lives together. Wow. AYSO and stuff like that. Um, but that U5 team I talked about earlier um, is two years younger than these seniors. So I knew. You knew of, them all. I knew. Of the seniors, I watched them play when they were 10 years old, 5 years old, 7 years old, that kind of thing. Um, So I knew what I had when they were coming in. And then I had them for two years. I kind of knew what I had already coming into this year. A lot of coaches didn't. Like, we we played Benton first game of the year and put up 10-0. I went to my wife after the game and was like, I don't even know if we're good. Like, (laughs) Are we good? Like, are they that bad? Are we that good? Yeah. I mean, it was tough to tell, but Ben actually turned around and had a winning season. Sure. So we, I was like, oh, maybe we are good. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, if you look at on paper, you know, you you write everybody's name down, like, man, like this is good. But when did when when did you realize that it was good? How far into your season did you go? Holy crap, we got this. Every time I looked at the schedule, I was like, man, if we can get two more games, if we can win these next two games, we'll be in a good spot. And then we'd win those two games, and the next two games, I'd be like, man, if we can just win those next two games, mm-hmm. we'd be in a really good spot. Like, you know, if we can win these next two games. Yeah. Like, I mean, as, as, a, as a guy listening to this, it's not if we win these next two games. When we win these next two games, we're going to be in a much better spot. Like, because I, I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling like, you were still questioning, like, are we good? Absolutely. It, I mean, it was so tough to tell because nobody nobody got any – we didn't get to see anybody play last year. Sure. So we have no idea what anybody else has. And there was there was some bizarre score lines across the state. So we just see the stat sheet. Yep. And we're like, man, they beat those guys? But we beat them by 
one goal less, one goal more. Um, and it was just, it was hard to, hard to get a reading of a team off a stat sheet. Yep. So we, uh, me and a, another dad looked, we tried to scout other teams. We watched their live stream, who's their best player. Yep. Um, a lot of teams went to live streaming because of COVID. Yeah, for sure. So that gave us a huge opportunity. Yeah, you're scout. watching game film. Exactly. Live game film. Exactly. So we got a, we didn't have to travel. We got a, we got free scouting. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. But, uh, so what see, was that, What was that first team that you went? This is going to be our biggest challenge. We, we knew, um, independence. And how many games into the season was that? Three, three games. So right out, basically right out of the gate then. Yep. Okay. It was, were you here or there? We were here. Okay. So you're on your home, brand new turf. Yep. Your field, you got your team and you won. Yeah. I mean, we had won the first two games we played. I think it was, uh, Benton. We had never beat Benton before. Yep. 10 golden. So like, all right, awesome. We're, we're rolling. Is that the mercy rule? Is it's, if it's 10 there's a mercy rule? In, in the second half, yeah. Okay. So you have to play at least one half. Yep. The next game was West <laughs> Delaware. See, they were where I was year three. They had 13, 14 guys. We put up 14 in the first half. Oh, wow. So we... So you mercyed them, too. Mercy ruled them, too. And at this point, I'm still like, are we good? Yeah, 24 goals in two games. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. Like, are, are we... Are we good? Or are they that bad? Or so like, where are we? Independence at home, yep. twenty four goals in your pocket. Like, what are you? What are you thinking? Like, are they, like are they are they a better team than you? I I never thought they were going to be a better team than us. Yep. But are they a good team? Are they going to be a match for us? And for most of the game, I think we went into halftime one zero. So going from ten zero to fourteen zero to one zero, like yeah. It's like, holy crap, we could lose this game. Exactly. and uh, But we put three more in the second half. Um, we were always a second-half team all year long. There was a couple of games where we were, you know, 1-0, 2-0 um, but at halftime. But the second half came around, and we were always firing all, on all cylinders and ready to go. So, um, yeah, Independence was definitely uh, more of a challenge for us. And they they were really solid team. They're always very well coached. Um, they always have plenty of guys. They know what they're doing. So you get past Indy, you get past, you know, how many other more teams, and then you're in, like, you're getting talked about. Like, you're, yeah. the, you're in the paper. You're in the yeah, news. You, you're ranked now. At what point you get ranked? Uh, week four. Oh, okay. So and what would what, what, you no, rank you? Sorry, week so, two. So would you rank you week two? I think 13. Okay. 14. So almost not, not top 10 yet. No, I mean we we are the the smallest two A school in the state. Yep. Hmm. So then, when did you when, when did you pass top ten? About midway through the year. Okay, and you got as, you got as far down as number two. Number we finished we finished the year ranked number two. Number two, behind the state champion Xavier. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, you it know, was, uh, having a season where you had thirteen guys to be in number two in the state and getting beat by. Xavier, which is powerhouse, just anywhere, any, any yeah. sport they play. Wow. It, yeah, it's it turned around and it turned around quick. So, end of the year, you lose the game. Where's are we? Are, you, are we still having fun? Absolutely. I mean i I love those guys, and I I told them after the game, I was like, "Love you guys. I 
so proud of you guys. You guys have worked so, so, so hard for this moment. Yeah. So how many guys have you lost for, for the season? 11. 11. Yeah. So starting over. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. There's, but we, not starting over because the guys that are coming up have been playing together for years, correct? Exactly. I mean, you're creating so, the system now. Yep. So we've got... Uh, We've got some guys coming up that are that are really good. By no means are we going back to you know year three. We'll we'll we'll, we'll be returning twenty five guys, and then the incoming freshmen on top of that. That's cool. So we've got probably thirty thirty five guys already. So right right at state time, you right before state, you yep. lost one of your best players, yep. um, CJ, to a track injury. He was at state track, right? Yeah, so uh, CJ is number two all-time score. Okay. So he, he's a huge player. Um, he's one of our forwards, and he's just a phenomenal kid. Um, he actually tore <laughs> all the tendons in his ankle. Oh, it was his ankle? In, I thought it was his in, knee. No, it was his knee. Oh. So in football, he tore all the tendons in his ankle. Oh. Yeah, he, I remember that. I did not know that. He, he has been... Band-aided, duct taped together all all soccer season. Wow, he he was he was a trooper. Like I can't say enough good things about the kid. Mm. He uh, he was in a lot a lot of pain, mm. but he wanted to be out there for his team. So it was there was a couple of, couple of games I shut him down early because I was like, it's just not worth it. And then yeah, and like you know, it's it it kind of reminds me of you know you know, Friday night light movies and, you know, varsity blues where you play through injuries and the coach is more, it's all about a trophy that goes on the board and or the wall rather than the player that's on, on the field. And for you to say, I, you know, I shut him down. I put him, I, I told him no more because it was, it was too much. I, that's, that's a, it's a big, it's a big deal because I guarantee you, if you would have let him in, he would have played. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was mad when I took him out. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah. But like, as a <laughs> as a, a good coach, sees the the long term and says, "I can't do this to you. Like, yeah. you can't keep playing like this." That's that's impactful. I think that's it's bigger than just wins and losses. When when you truly are invested in the player for the long term, not just for that one game, you know. So, all right, he actually ended up tearing all the tenants in his other ankle in basketball season. So he has no tendons in the single at all. So I, I actually, I yelled at him one time for not playing defense. And he's like, God, I, I can't cut like at all. I'm trying, coach. I just can't do the job. Yeah, he literally. And I was like, oh, okay. That Got makes it. sense. Okay, I, I feel better now. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry I yelled at you. <laughs> I just wanted you to play some defense. But yeah. Uh, yeah if you if, can't do the job. I mean, if his body is, is just going to shut down on him, I'm not going sure. to ask him about that. So you lose him at what point with the knee injury at track then? Two games left. Two games to go. Two of your big, probably your biggest games <clears throat> all season, right? So we're, yeah, yeah what, what point are we? Are we, are we past conference championship or are we at conference championship? Where are we at at that point? So the game I, I shut him down was South Tama. And then I shut him down. That was right before we were playing Dyersville Beckman. Winner of that conference championship okay so okay, now when you say shut him down like did he even start or you said he he started scored a goal i pulled him and you pulled him yeah. man you know as a star player like <laughs> i i doubt he saw the big picture because he wanted to play 
I mean, and that's the best part about it is like his drive to even play this year. Yeah, most kids are just like, no, nah, nah, you're not, like not you're playing through pain. Like it, it hurts. Like you can't do the job. Like your brain tells you you can cut this way, but your body says no, you can't. You know, and you're yeah. done. Yeah, I mean his his body just would not let him, and that that's one of his biggest strengths in years past has been cutting with the ball. I mean he can. He can just bend it. He's got long legs. He can just bend his legs in odd directions, and he can just dribble around guys. And so for him not to be able to do that this year and still go out there and still play and use his athleticism and help his teammates out um, was was phenomenal. Okay, I want to go to a place because you just talked about him playing through pain. Yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah. So let's, like, go, go where it's comfortable to go. Right, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, but he was playing through some other pain, not physical pain. What, what was happening? What led to that? Yeah, it was Mike, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it was March or October third, two or three years ago, and uh, we lost Mike. Um, yeah, it was it was tough on all the guys. I remember being in the school the next day and just pain that they went through it was it was indescribable um, you had teachers crying you had kids crying it, it was it was tough to see but just being there in that moment with them was was important to me and I wanted to be there for them and um, we had a team meeting at the field that day or the, the next day and I, I, I cried like a baby in front of my my boys I mean, there's there's nothing that that would change that. And but I, it changed our entire community. It did. You know, I mean, and I mean, it was, I I remember where I was at when I got the phone call. You know, and I, you know, it's I'm getting teared up. They just thinking about that. But like, you know, like weak teams don't don't bounce back. Strong teams do. Yeah. But like that, you guys had so much momentum. And then you had this major thing happen to your entire, well, to our entire community. And it's like, like, where do we go from here? Like what happens next? And think about, and the positivity that came out of it, like everybody that kind of just rallied together because of Mike. Yeah, it was, I I said this in an interview um, for, for TV. I I said, he's our why. Yeah. Like he was the inspiration for the season. Why do we put in the extra work? Why do we, why do we run that one more sprint? Why are we running when our lungs are burning? Like it's we we wanted to play for him. We wanted to win for him. Um, yeah, it's the toughest part for me was was folding up his jersey after that last game. Yeah, because mm. his jersey was was what it was, was with what, you in every game this year. That's yep. so cool. Yeah, and you, like, and obviously, I, I'm not a big spiritual guy, but you know damn well he was there every step of the way. Like, yeah. you know, like even the, I'm thinking <clears> of the <throat> players. Like when the players started to get, like he was he he kicked him in the ass and said, like, "Let's get going." And they had a little bit of burst because of it. Yeah, so I kind of talked about this in, a, in another interview too. We had two huge goals. We had one against Tyrell Beckman to go up, who won the game one zero. We had uh, a goal against Solon. To go up one zero. Those goals were both from forty plus yards out. 
Like it's, there's definitely something there that I just felt like was like, okay. Like, Mike did a little bit more for you. Like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like Thanks, it, it was, it was, and they were both, both scored by, by Damon. So he, he hit mm-hmm. from 47, I think to win the conference. Wow. Like, like the odds That's of that insane. going in are like next to zero. Yeah. So it, yeah, that was definitely cool to look back and be like, wow, two of our biggest goals this year. Or from that range, that probability, like there's something bigger going on there. Yeah, yeah, there is. Oh, that's awesome. I had no idea about that. You think about there's the something bigger. Like this is the beauty of sports. This is the beauty of coaching kids. Like in the midst of a tragedy, something beautiful is also there, right? Yeah. You know, and from a faith based position. God doesn't waste any opportunity, you know. There's beautiful things that come out of the worst things. You look back at um, this is a season. How many players did you have this season? 36. You had 36 players. They'll never, ever forget it. Yeah. They'll never forget this season. No, they won't. It's. It was definitely, it meant more because it was for him, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Winning 15 games, winning the conference, that, that's all That's all really, really cool. But we knew every single game we were playing for him. And So what do you do this year? Like, you're com- com- coming off a pretty awesome season last year. You're losing, you said, what, 13 guys as a coach. And you can be honest because it's just the three of us talking. Like, you're, you're probably <laughs> a little nervous right now. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we lose all, I think we lose eight starters. So I've got to replace all but one defender, all but two midfielders, my entire forward line, my goalkeeper. It's, I look at it as it's an opportunity for the young guys. Like these guys have been sitting there waiting, um, for, you know, a year or two. You just had 13 guys get out of the way. For thirteen new guys to step in and make right. things happen, that's, that's what's right. cool. Like, yeah. that's I mean, that's how you have to look at it. That's yeah, the team looks, looks at it like by plan. Thirteen guys are leaving us by plan. Thirteen of you are going to step in and fill these roles. Exactly. Who, who wants it bad enough? Exactly. And you'll you'll have no problem. Like I think just based on what I heard with the upcoming you know guys that have been playing together since they've been basically childbirthed. You know, yeah. like, that's a that's a big deal. They they know. You know, I was, Addie got asked to play. Um, in a tournament with a bunch of senior girls. Oh, and yeah. After game one, she was so frustrated because those senior girls were all, they were just clicking. Like, they knew where the ball was going to go, and, like, they were there. And Eddie's, you know, Eddie's running around going, like, what the hell just happened? The pace of the <laughs> game was so much faster than what she was used to. Yeah. And I said, Eddie, you have to remember, like, these girls have been playing together for years. They know each, like what I know what Jim's thinking right now because I played together with, for so long. Like they know where they need to be. Give it time. Let the game come to you and it's going to happen. I don't think there's a, another sport out there that team chemistry is so important. Um, soccer, because there's no timeouts. It's such a dynamic game. Yep. Team chemistry is far and on the most important thing on the field. Mm. Like you can be X's and O's all day. But team chemistry is where you're going to win and lose games. For sure. And that's where the coaching comes in. X's and O's are important. That's the strategy. Yeah. But then there's the culture that you're creating on the team, the mindset, 
the the team, not 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 the me stuff. It's the we stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you were going to predict right now, so we got we got you on record. What's your season going to end at? How many wins? How many losses? Say probably. See, we played sixteen games this year. So if we play sixteen next year, I'd say fourteen and two. Nice. I'll take that every day. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. I think going into it, if you, I mean, if your same goal was, you know, the same goal that those kids had freshman year that we're going to go to this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. Like, if it's the same goal going forward, like, yeah, our you, goals it's, haven't changed. It's, it's structured. Like, you have the same structure. This is, this is our goal every year, no matter what. I don't care if I have no one on the team, I have three guys or I have 30 guys. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go win. Yep. That's the plan. So do you think you have any of the kids that, that are leaving the program right now that are going to come back and say, uh, Coach Kyle, can I can I be an assistant coach someday? Is that happening? So I, I had an assistant this year for the first time. Okay. He graduated two years ago. Oh, nice. So it, it, it was kind of that that same thing that happened to me. I was like, hey, he was my he was my four-year captain. He was a phenomenal guy. He was one of the, uh, one of the three guys of that offseason workout with me. We played two on two for two hours. It was one of those guys. Mm. I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, I really need an assistant. It's me. I can't do this all by myself anymore. Well, I, he didn't have his coaching license. He didn't have anything. We were a week into the year, and I was like, I've got 36 guys. Yeah. Like, I've got guys that are at this level, and I've got guys that are at this level, and I've got guys that are like at Yeah, with that level. many guys, you can't be the coach that you need to be with every player. You need help. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've got my varsity starting 11 who can play at such a high level, and then I've got guys who have never played before. I mean, they they might be seniors, but this is their first year playing. I had two seniors come out, never played soccer before. And they came out, and they, they gave it their all every single practice, two of the hardest-working guys. Uh, Isaac Alsup and Duran Hughes, they were they were so hardworking, and they, they just came out for soccer this year. It's good to have guys like that on the team, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It was it was really cool to see them uh, start to grow and and kind of as a sport. Um, but they they definitely grew as people too. So let's let's wrap up and end here. But like we started fifty five minutes ago talking about soccer and you being a coach, and you said you know year one you basically didn't know what you didn't know. You didn't yeah. ask for help. And now year, what was, what was last year? How many years? Six. Six. Going into year seven. When now. did you ask for an, for an assistant for help? When did you talk to that kid? What year was that? Year six. <laughs> yeah, so year six. It took you six, six years to ask for help. Yeah. So what kind of coach are you now? Like compared to year one, what have you seen in yourself that has changed as a coach? I would say I'm a relatable coach. Like you've got. But what Mike taught me more than anything was you've got you've got to bring it down and you've got to get on these guys' level and you've got to relate to them. You've got to treat them as a peer instead of talking down to them. Sure. Um but just being there in those moments with those guys, like that's something I'll cherish forever. Yeah. But, I mean you said my boys. Yeah. Like when Listen. the coach refers to their players as like kids, you yeah. know, the coach is bought in, you know, yeah. and like that just shows me that the, the, the players are definitely bought into you. If they, if they know for a fact that this is our coach, you know, that's, 
that's the, the biggest thing. Cause in the, in the grand scheme of things, everything we do is bigger than just for me buying and selling stuff for you coaching. Like it's, it's, there's so much more at work for the long term, And I guarantee you, you and just great coaches change lives. You know, I hope, I hope kids so. that are in bad spots and they find soccer, they find this sport. And because of the coach, like they, their life gets turned around and they're, they're in a good spot because I'm, they need someone like that. I mean, that's, that's the end goal is to change lives. I mean, these 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old boys, I mean, they're very, they're, they haven't formed their opinion of the world yet. Yeah. So they're, they need to know, like, if you work hard, good things will come. If, I mean, there's life lessons all over, but for me, trying to teach them that and try and just drop little life lessons for them and try and grow them as, as young men, not just my athletes. Yeah. Is, is way more important to me. Well, I think the, the cool thing for me being living event now is now that I know that I have a coach that every year you get more life left. Like you, you learn more about oh, life. Absolutely. So you can teach that <laughs> where, you know, year one, you're 21 years old teaching yeah. kids that are 18, 17, like you're just the same. You're, you're the same kid, just a little bit older. You exactly. Know? Like now I, you have six more years of experience in life. I mean, you're, you're going to have another kid. So you have yeah. five kids five, now. Like, yeah, we're gonna have you know, like kids. that's a big, like you're going to have tons of life lessons that you can pass on down to these, these, these boys. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a couple of the, uh, the year one guys, uh, we're actually at my bachelor party. Mm. Um, I, I know, uh, you were there with the ax throwing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of cool just to kind of enjoy, enjoy a couple of drinks with them and just kind of float. We floated down the cedar. Uh, so I, I just got to hang out with them. That's and, very cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely cool. But I actually, uh, one thing I want to touch on is I coached all three Betterton boys. So I coached John. Scott and Mike. That's awesome. So it was, Mike was actually the DD for his parents at my bachelor party. Really? Yeah. That's and fantastic. His mom had to, uh, had to uh, wrangle him in not to uh, go to my cooler and get me a beer. <laughs> so that's just a, a fun Mike story to yeah, kind of wrap it up. And That's awesome. But yeah, he was, he was a great kid and uh, we miss him every day and, but uh, yeah, he was he was definitely uh, with us this year. That's awesome. Well, we went an hour. We usually go twenty minutes, so <laughs> tons of great stuff. Good. Sorry, <laughs> I am Matt, and I'm Jim, and I'm Kyle. We'll see you next time. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Twenty One Twenty Podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Jim, and Matt and I want to ask you for a favor. If you've gotten something out of these conversations, if you've been entertained. Or maybe you've learned something valuable that will help you improve or your business improve. Then the best way to pay us back is to like this podcast, give us a review, and let others know about it. And that will help fuel our fire to keep going and keep bringing you awesome content. We'll see you next time.